Hello and welcome to episode 46 of the Reenactors Ramble. My name's Richie and I am joined by my co-host Andy. How are you this evening, Andy? Cheers, chin chin, oh, midweek God. tipple. We should have came on <laughs> two hours earlier. It's his second bottle in. Oh no, it's uh it was to be fair, a long day and uh I've been really good for the past few weeks and I thought, you know what? I've yeah. gone all middle middle class and I've joined a wine club. <laughs> Bloody wine club. You could spend that money on kit. Doubly. Hey, seriously, I am about to buy some serious kit at the moment. The funds are there. Go on then. What, what's a serious kit? Shoelaces. Shoelaces, bootlaces, leather ones. I'm going to buy an Enfield. I'm going to get into the Enfield club. And I was debating. I know it sounds daft. Um, I thought to myself, I, only, I live not far from um, a gun range, you know. And I thought, I've always fancied getting a live Enfield, taking up there mm. and do some sh- shooting. So I thought, do I get a, a Diac or do I get a, you know, a live Enfield and get my license and all the rest of it? And I thought, well, am I that interested? I won't be able to carry it around yeah. shows. I inquired once or twice. I just want to get the whole kit, my brick kit ready. Okay. You know, pot, webbing. Clocks are lot. ticking. Clocks are ticking now. Well, I know they are ticking. Uh, summertime. <laughs> anyway, I can hear squeaking in the background. What's that you're wearing? What's that? Hang Tell on, me about this, you. This, I wonder if anyone who's not on YouTube can guess what this is by the squeaking. This was interference. So, if any any of the listeners might recall on the last episode of me whinging about finally oh. thinking I'd purchased an A2 jacket only for the bidder to, to cancel the order. Well, in fact, they must have been listening because they messaged me straight after the podcast and said, oh, actually... You can still have it. So here it is in all its glory in Eastman A2 leather jacket. It's absolutely stunning. It's, it's I mean, good. it's horsehide, so it stinks a bit and it's stiff and it squeaks, but it's an Eastman A2. So I'm a very happy man this week. Yeah, you also look, you know look like your brother tonight. Do I? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Bad I actually thought it was in. Do you know what it made me think though today? Go on. Is this hobby is dangerous. It's dangerous and mm. it's, it's great, but it's dangerous in that there's always the next thing, right? So, you know, two years ago it was, once I've got a Jeep, that's it. I'll be happy. I won't want anything else, right? No. So I get the Jeep. I won't want anything else. Get the Jeep. And then it's like, oh, I need some RAF flying kit. So you get the RAF flying kit. Okay. Well, then it's, once I get a Bren, I'll be happy with that. So I get the Bren. That's done. Okay. Well, once I get an A2 jacket, I'll be happy with that. Get the A2 jacket. Uh, once I get a British Airborne original paratrooper helmet, then I'll be happy. And you go through each month being like, right, I only want the next thing that's like three to six hundred, sometimes a thousand pound, right? And you sort of think, I oh, just that one more big investment and I'm done. But then here we are every single month, keep telling myself, no more kit purchases for 30 days. And then you get to the end of the month and you've spent stupid amounts of money again. And I just don't know. I, I need to stop lying to myself and saying to myself, this is the last big purchase now. Because it's not, is it? No, it never is. Not for you anyway. <laughs> Uh, you know, when you anyway, when I, I take this take this off because it's squeaking all over well, the place, it's gonna you take piss it off. off well, I'm gonna say when I saw the take photo of you wearing that jacket, I thought to myself, you know what, here's a man he's in a good his looking uh, bastard. prime. He's a good looking bastard. Look at that. Um, although I, today I look like Chris Pratt, apparently. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just throw that one in. Just throw that one in. Don't know why. So, uh, it's from a photo someone uh, someone saw. Anyway, so you're sending me pictures of bloody A twos, and I'm thinking, I'm shouting, "Oi, Les!" wife she went what i said you're spending up again I, i'm working out i'm like his own personal accountants i'm working out he's, he's spending 
this month a month this month uh this month he spent this much and i'm thinking how's he what's going on what's wrong with my life straight two kids <laughs> two yep. kids that's about it that's Shoes, about it trainers football boots wine club yeah <laughs> you need the wine club just to deal with the kids don't you yeah I you do. do but anyway you i see some raf blue behind you there mr jones oh, can i show you the kip of this right i'll show you this one first so oh i bought this it's only 20 quid or so 30 quid sorry 30 quid and i never really is there a reason it. it's 30 quid <laughs> no it's it's actually good it's dated 45 okay there we go 45 sorry 46 my mistake 46 um and it was 30 quid size eight but look at the kip of them <laughs> look at the kip of that for anyone who, who can't see on there <laughs> you got the uh the stripes the chevrons and the the tab the eagle tab albatross um, albatross it's bonkers it's really out by about two inches it makes no sense and i thought what the hell so i actually got this out to reference points a jacket that i'm badging up with original patches and uh yeah you know you're, you're following the guides you're doing all the rest of it and you you put it on at 11 o'clock at night and you stood there in the mirror full whoa, thinking you're looking the bee's knees and all the rest of it and you're thinking that's slightly off is it off and i'm trying to rest my arms at attention and mm-hmm. at ease and all the rest of it and i'm just thinking it's just like it's very different because the thing with british stuff you've got to get it right i know i'm not saying anything oh, yeah. about the american yeah. stuff but with american there seems to be a bit of uh fluid sewing to go with it you know you can it's got to be perfect i get that but sometimes you can it, it can be slightly off. I find I've mm-hmm. seen that shows and stuff, but with the British, it's got to be so perfect. I'm, sh- I'm sorry, but all the American reenactors are going, "Wait out about it's got to be perfect." Blah, blah, blah. Um, well, whatever. No, I hate you saying. Hate you saying. Uh, yeah, you know it's what? just a bit I'd... more attention to detail. I think on the uh, the British side. Do you know what my attitude probably provokes and evokes exactly what we've just been discussing about this episode tonight? Hmm. Which is yeah. So we're going to be. Um... We're going to be talking about reenactor fatigue, um, and there's all different kinds of yeah. fatigue. But you know, what? before we before we dig into um, go on then the depths of this episode, I went to my first event this this last weekend, a few days Great ago. Where you, what happened? Where do you go? What you do? Uh, we went up to uh, a little place called Duncarran Medieval Village, or Ford, ah. um, which is way past Edinburgh. Mm-hmm. So. You know, I, I wanted to tell this story a little bit because I was really looking forward to this event, really looking forward to the first event. And we, it wasn't what we expected. It wasn't what I expected. And it, it made a lot of thoughts that I wanted to sort of bring up and, and to, to hear what people thought, yeah. their own opinions, you know, about the relationships between event organizers and reenactors. So long story short, um, the... The head of our group, uh, the group commander, had gone up to recce this place. Now, this place is uh, from my house. It's about 160, 170 miles from my house, right? Hmm. So I drove to this venue to do a recce of the venue, okay? Um, and it, it didn't look very suitable for what we needed it to, to be. And the, and the guys promised us that they would cut vegetation out of the way and hmm. move rocks out of the way so that we could get vehicles in and access them. And, you know, there was lots of sort of promises. And it just felt to me like it was a little bit... Um, like the guys were promising a little bit too much, you know, I've been to a lot of events now to think, mm, that's not going to be great for camping. So we yeah. decided that we would, we would just do it as a one day event to sort of, you know, taper back in, introduce ourselves back into the hobby and, and the guys in the group. So 
anyway, it ended up being a bit of a small, low-key event, you know, one day, um, about eight of us, I think, something like that. So fairly small, mm. you know, for us, 15 is about the average average number of um, guest members, I would say, uh, attending. Okay. Eight of you. So anyway, we went up and we get there on the morning. So I've drove up again for the second time uh, and we get there on the day. And we go up to where we're going to be and, um, you know, it looks great. It looks like Oosterbeek in the woods. It looks fantastic. We start digging uh, digging a hole because if you're an Arnhem, the guys are very often just move, you know, move in and then digging um, sort of medium uh, slit trenches, digging in there because there was a lot of mortar fire, a lot of sniper fire. So the guys were digging in everywhere they went. So we found this nice little spot, started digging in, making a little bit of a uh, an enclosure, you know, with branches, trees, that sort of thing there. Um, we got our two-inch mortar out and started taking some pictures and, and whatnot. And the, the first thing we noticed as soon as we got out of the car was midges, right? Mm. Now, anybody that knows what midges are in this country or that doesn't know that they're tiny little flies that bite you, a bit like mosquitoes, basically. And they're quite prominent in the sort of highlands of Scotland and, and sort of Yorkshire and Wales and places like that. And anyway, we got out of the car and immediately sort of swarms of midges and we just thought, well, you know, whatever, it's fine. Um, and they're all over us and we're just a bit like, oh, well, we'll just deal with it sort of thing. So anyway, we've been digging this mm-hmm. hole for like two hours. All the vegetation that we've asked to be cut back isn't cut back. So we're having to cut it down ourselves using knives and plies and things like that that we got with us, right? Um, I didn't bring my vehicle up in the end because I didn't think the guys were going to make the promises that they made to us about moving boulders out the way. So, oh, you know, because wow. it's okay. pretty inaccessible. There's no roads, right, to get to where we were going to park the vehicle. So I'm glad I didn't bring the vehicle because they didn't move anything. And anyway, long story short, we're there for about two hours at this point. And we're looking at our hands and we've got, I mean, I've, it's hard to see on my hand. I don't know if you can, but I've got loads of like little scars. That I've had like the chicken pox or something like that. Yeah. Um, and it's, it started to get pretty crazy. So we were like, oh, well, let, let's go and take some pictures in another part of the, the park just to try and get some relief from the midges. And we went somewhere else and it just got worse and worse and worse. And we sort of started walking back up. And one of the guys at this point was starting to feel like a little bit faint. You know, um, he's only a young lad. And, you know, at one point I was thinking, they're all over. And the guys were saying to me, they're all over you. They're all over you. And I was like, well, I can't really feel it. It's irritating. But, My God. you know, we tried everything. We put um, things in our helmets. Anyway, long story short, it got to the point where we'd been there about four hours. And we looked at one of the guy's heads. He took his helmet off. And he's got quite like a short hair haircut. Yeah. Like, and the back of his head zero. was like somebody being jabbing him with a, with a dagger, like a knife or something. And at this point, we just said, you know what, let's cut our losses. We've been here four hours. The guys have not done anything that we wanted us to do in terms of cutting back the vegetation, allowing the vehicle in. And it got to the point where we just weren't willing to put, you know, the, the this is the other thing. The event didn't start to 12. Okay. So it's like, well, 12 o'clock, the event starts. So anyway, long story short, guys covered in midgey bites, we decided to cut our losses and go home because at this point, we've been there four hours. We're, we're bleeding, some of us from these midgy bites and we get home and we're like, you know, absolutely covered. It's horrific. You get home and it's like they've been up your sleeves, they're up your trousers. Absolutely awful. So long story short, we, we get home very disappointed. You know, we didn't want to leave. I drove 350 miles there and back, you know, um, didn't mm. want to leave early, but we, we just felt it was the only thing that we could really do for the health of some of the members that were absolutely bitten to death, you know? Um, so we, we get back and we put a few pictures up, which which were great. You know, we're really glad that we got the pictures. It was it was at least worth going for that. And long story short, uh, a couple of days passed, and uh, and come Monday morning, one of the organisers of the event, his event is called Forces in the Field. He puts a post out 
openly criticizing mm. our reenactment group for for departing early on the Saturday. You know, and it just and it got it got pretty it got pretty vicious, I would say. It got pretty nasty. Um it just sort of made me think who you know, I, I mean I for one will never ever be going back to that event or be going anywhere near such an event or organizer. And it just got me thinking, and I really wanted to point out to any event organizers out there, you've got men who are traveling hundreds of miles, spending days and days and days preparing their equipment, making purchases, you know, all this sort of stuff to try and help line your pockets at a private event. You know, we've got no duty or, or, or responsibility to, to these show organizers, you know, of course there's a moral compass there, of course there is. But you, you, you know, to public, to, yeah, you could mm. message somebody privately, but to publicly try and shame a group for leaving, you know, slightly early, a couple of hours early, for the sake of the health of some of the members of the group, like you know, for me, just it was totally uncalled for. And uh, how much did they pay you on this event? Uh, absolutely, diddly squat. There you go. See, and this is it. You know, there wasn't there wasn't a bottle of water offered. There wasn't a um, there wasn't a. You know, the midges are really bad. He's some he's some spray. You know, to keep them away. He is ten pound for petrol. You know, one of the guys drove two and a half hours there and two and a half hours back in a Dodge weapons carrier. The fuel bill alone mm. will be about hundred quid, maybe more. You know, more. my fuel bill traveling there and back, days and days of preparation. Did I want to leave after three hours, four hours? No, no, really didn't want to do that. You know, but for an event organizer to go public to slit a group. You know, I was just like, you know, for me, just it shows everything about what a terrible event organizer can be. It, you know what? It's it's been the age old question about how much and what organizers should give in return to you know the reenactors who put all this effort in. I mean, we're talking. You you obviously took one vehicle with you and several men. You know, some groups and it, including ourselves have taken tanks in the past. You know, mm. to these things. We do it out of the sheer love and the actual relationship we have with each other, you know. Mm-hmm. We enjoy our time together and we enjoy the participation of the public. But it comes to a point where the organisers don't really have the right to say, you know what, stay on camp. Where are you going? Where do you think you're going? Mm-hmm. And I know some yeah, events yeah. do that, which is really mm-hmm. quite dishonourable, you know. Yeah. See, that was my feeling. I'll, I'll give everything for any event organiser. You know, I really, really will because mm. I genuinely care about the public's experience. I care about the event's reputation. I care about the group's reputation, right? But I just don't think it's in any event organiser's right to be so vicious and vindictive against, you know, a group of guys who've took time out of their weekend to go and make you money, you know, to publicly do that. What level of respect do you have for people? Terrible, terrible people, and I tell you what, just I, I, I'll, if this goes on, I will quite happily name their names to the the reenacting world and dob them in it because it was it was appalling behaviour. But anyway, got another event no. this weekend to uh, to well, right the wrongs. Look after it. What, what's the next event? Well, let's talk about nah. obviously things that are going on, and I mean, I've had things happen. Mm. You know, being invited to one or two things. Looking forward to something that your good self is organized and it, it does lend itself to the idea of fatigue. You know, you were saying, are we fatigued with this hobby? Mm. I think the lockdown itself, before we go into talking about what you do next weekend mm. and all the rest of it, the relationship they, we've had with this hobby for the past few years has been relentless. It's been literally a, a systematic approach every season. You know, you know, August, July, June, working backwards. We know what we're doing. Last there's year. routine there, right? Yeah, routine. Routine, routine that's the word. Yeah, routine. And there was nothing last year 
And just like a, any self-respecting degree student who has half term off or Christmas, it's quite hard to get back into the scheme of things and want to get back to reality and back to the uh, the job at hand. Even people that in work in workloads. And you know what? I'm the same. I actually woke up a few nights ago and thought, I don't know. Am I bored? You know, I'm, I'm thinking. You know, am I looking forward to these things? You've organised uh, an event in. Is it November? November, yeah. November, Petwood Hotel, a normally forty-four bash. You know, uh, and friends, normally and friends, friends bash. Yes, I, 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 I know what. I went straight to the Mac, typed it in, got the address, boom, 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 booked a room. Looking forward to it. Fantastic. And anything else? I don't know. I, I'm. I think I'm not bored, but I'm just tired and. I've come to a point in my life where I'm thinking, oh, I need some more excitement with it. I don't know. I'm just tired. Yeah. Well, no, you're fatigued. And I think this is this is the precise, um, you know, content, the stimulator for, for the for this episode, really. Yeah. And you know, I think we should talk about what 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 is what is reenactive fatigue. What is it? You know, it's known as burnout. Sometimes it's otherwise known as I can't be asked. You know, or could be. It's it's avoidance. It's it's in it. It's not attending regularly. It's not being communicative. It's you know, it, it there's all there's all sorts of kinds, right? And you know, it happens to everybody. I think that's really important to note that it's 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 part of mental health and well being, right? And totally. it's it's something it's something that happens. And I think for me, there's like two areas of reenactive fatigue. There's almost like physical and there's mental, right? Mm. And mm. I think we've got to touch on a lot of different elements of that in this episode and how to avoid it, how you can how you can push through it how you can re-engage yourself. So I think for me, there's, there's two sides of it. There's the physical side of things, which is, you know, if you're at plenty of events, you're there for three or four days at a time. You're not taking mm. days off work on the Monday. You, it's hard graft. You're digging holes. If you've got a, a kind of office job, which a lot of people do, and you're going into a field and you start digging and running around with heavy weapons and wearing heavy webbing on your shoulders for a weekend and helmets, and you're climbing in out of tanks and wearing boots for four days, and then you go back into the office on the Monday. And if you do that every other week for four months, yeah, like on your your body's not used to that, you know. So I guess that's one element of it, and I think the other side of it is, as you rightly touched on earlier, the the more you know mental side of it, the, the rather than the physical side of it. And I think that can again we'll, we'll go into it in detail, but I think that can be the exhaustion of thinking about it, of planning it. If you are one of the the organizers or the planners, mm. it can be stimulating your group, you know, in the off season and the off in sorry in the the, the sort of um, the peak season and the off season as well because I think for me I suffer p- fatigue just as much in the off season as I do you know in the, in the peak so there's, there's a lot of different elements to it and I think it'd be great we'll, we'll sort of we can fly through about our experiences yeah. of, uh, of reenactive fatigue and 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 of what we felt and how we've pushed through it and, and what we're still struggling with I know um, in recent years like you say there was a routine because we haven't had a routine it's hard to get back in that routine it's like almost like having a Excuse me, yeah, full time job. <laughs> You're all right, Andy. Give yourself a second there, mate. Cough. I'll just sing in the background. <laughs> uh, one more. Um, <laughs> you know where you have you like me um, want to cough now. Uh, you know you have a there's a, a full time job and you're working relentless, and then mm-hmm. something happens where you're kind of on a lull, and it's hard to get back into things. In mm-hmm. a way, I feel as though I am there. Mm-hmm. Um, I've worked in the past where I've worked four days working away lecturing at different universities around the country and then I come back home and then you have a big gap and you can't get back into it 
it's the same thing. Everyone knows this. You know, anyone self-respecting person in this country knows that you've got this routine and it happens. The year has taken it out of me personally, and I need to get back into it. I need to get that drive. I need to find that drive. Mm -hmm. And it's looking forward to things. So when I was asked uh, only this week to take part in a doctor event in uh, portraying RAF ground crew, I thought, you know what? Fantastic. Put that in the calendar. I actually put it in my calendar without even checking anything else I was doing Mm -hmm. because I thought I've not done that for such a long time. Just go straight for it. Didn't even consult the family or anyone else. And luckily, yes, it's a go. And I cannot wait for that one because, A, it's an honor. Not many people get invited to this certain bash. And it's like external, which I've never done, apart from maybe the Finland trip and Ridge, uh, away from Normandy 44, Mm -hmm. you know, without you guys. So for that, I'm grateful. It's kind of getting me out. I'm looking forward to this. I'm bam, 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 you know, getting back into it, starting to sew my kit up starting to, mm-hmm. you know, do the stuff and buy and look into things, researching squadrons, you know, that I would never have done before. And I think it's right. I think you need, for me, it's about driving that passion forward again. Mm-hmm. And it's not about just reading another book or watching another film or documentary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I just mean, need I think one, the bite. One of the, the first things that sprung to mind as you, as you were talking there mm. was was about this this lack of routine, right? This These, these peaks and troughs of the yeah. event season um, coming in and you, you've all of a sudden got this like crazy week, which is like prepping for the event, getting <laughs> your kit ready. Um, you know, trying to sort out your personal life, the family, the work around, you know, finishing things off, tying off loose ends before you go to the event, going to the event, doing everything that you need to do, getting home, recovering, trying to go back to work. You have these crazy intense weeks, mm. you know, and, you know, I, I think, and when you haven't had them for a long time, then you lose any motivation because you're like, well, what's the point? You know? So I, I've sort of took a different tactic, I think the past probably 18 months, I would say. Yeah. And I think that tactic for me has been sort of little and often, little and often, you know, and trying to keep like a, almost like a consistent level of effort throughout the year. And obviously you can't really do it with events, but whether it's buying kit, whether it's sewing something on, cleaning some boots, doing a bit of work in the Jeep, a bit of research, planning an event. It's sort of, I, you know, I've, I've got loads going on in my life, like work-wise and all sorts, and I have to balance all of these things. And what I've sort of found my best way of dealing with that is, and this extends to the hobby, is just, you know, a little bit, 20 minutes a day, 20 minutes a day, half an hour a day, yeah. an hour here, yeah. an hour there. And it makes things a lot easier. So, you know, it might be, let's think like, oh, God, I've got 20 minutes. Oh, I could flick through my phone and do a bit of doom scrolling on the old Instagram or oh. something. <laughs> or I could just give my boots a quick polish. 20 minutes, done, you know. Yeah. Or it could be, you know, oh, I've been meaning to find that thing for ages, 20 minutes there. And I think just in terms of like prep for events, if you know, you, you know you've got ducks are coming mm. up in six weeks, whatever it might be. So instead of waiting until the week before, it's, okay, Insignia, I need to resell that one. I'll just, you know, I won't do it all in one go. I'll unpick it tonight, 10 yeah. minutes next you know two days later right i'll i'll just i'll pin that on i want to i'll just pin it on you know and i think it's little things like that for me which just and and it keeps you engaged you know because rather than just not thinking about it for weeks and thing you know and then losing that motivation it's constantly there because it's i mean it becomes part of your lifestyle in that sense but i think it just it keeps the energy there it keeps the energy levels up the motivation enthusiasm because you're constantly sort of achieving something you know yeah no it's true it's that's what you get when when you take that sort of attitude to it i think i think it's because of the lack of events as well and because i've got obviously duxford coming up in july i'm thinking to myself okay 
like you say, I'm, I'm going to make sure this uniform is perfect because, you know, I've been chosen here. <laughs> I can't let the guys down. can't let the men who wore this uniform down. So I'm going to get it A1. No one's going to pick me on this. No one's going to say, oh, that's a bit wrong. I'm going to make sure. Okay. So my soul man, Good. I ranked my soul man today. Who's my... He's uh, a soul man. Anyway. <laughs> Not that kind of soul man. Uh, well, I rang this old Ali man. Well, he's going to appear on my um, my Instagram account because he's doing a bloody fine job. So my cobbler, cobblers, is uh, working my my deck boots to death, and uh, they were supposed to be done last Friday. And he, I went to collect them, and he said, "I haven't got them sorted because they perished. The soul had perished. Beyond the soul had perished, and beyond that part had perished. Mm. So he's basically rebuilding the boot for me. Um, and what a bargain!" I'll tell you how much it's it's costing me to get this this base of my. Quid? No, no, only thirty quid. Jesus, it's not. You think of his time. I mean, you get nine pounds something for working in yeah. you know a menial job, minimum wage. This guy's he's, he's got me more than three hours working there. Oh, there is. You know, he's he's getting oh. specialist parts and specialist nails as well. Unbelievable. Tax. So he's he's doing that for me. Um, I've told him don't put them studs back in because. The mm. boots came with studs, and he mm. was like, "Oh no, I can get some." No, 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 because I might be one one day walking on the uh, the wing of an aircraft, the Spitfire, mm. you know, or whatever. And he was like, he looked at me like, "What? Hey, come, 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 what?" I said, I told him what a hobby was and what I'd do, and he was like, "Oh, so it's a passion thing, you know." Walked in, and he said, "Oh, army man, army boot man, he's called me." I was like, "Oh, for God's sake, Andy, just call me Andy, oh, dickhead." Yeah, just call me Andy. Pretty <laughs> <laughs> hell. Anyway, yeah, that, li- yeah, little often thing. I de- definitely mm. give it a go because even the the physical demands of the you know the event weekend. Same as when you come home from the event. Just yeah, again, don't do it all in one day. I'd leave a do do the extreme stuff. Clean what kit needs to be clean. Yeah. Then a few days later, do a bit more, do a bit more, do a bit more, and just you know that routine you mentioned, half an hour a day, whatever it might be, whether it's on the bus, whatever it's doing, just yeah, something. Well, I've been looking at some. Um, of the photography you guys have been taking recently and I, I was looking and thinking, okay, I need to buy this. I know we've discussed this. I need to buy more, a little bit of kit. And recently I've, um, I've come into a bit of a windfall and I thought to myself, okay, I'm going to put something to one side. Reenacting is, it's not, it, it is a hobby, but actually if I think about my life and how much it has taken up my life so far, it's a big, massive per- percentage. It's a portion. And some of my best friends are, are you guys within the, the hobby, you can actually tell if you go onto my Instagram account and look how many reenactors I'm following or following me, it must be at least 75%. Mm. So that says something about my life. Mm. So I'm investing in more kits and I'm going to start to do a lot more research on the British side and the RAF side. Um, and it's almost like a real found passion. And I, I need to get back into this, you know, and like you say, little or often. Um, Definitely. Yeah. So, and I th- change it on that so, one. <laughs> so let's keep going on in fatigue. On. So yeah. I, I think um, a mm. part of that mental fatigue, and we touched on the off season there as well. And I sort of wanted to touch on this from um, from a, a more one of the organisers, senior, a pusher, a oh. doer, you know. Um, but I also wanted to touch on on how how to also work with this from you know if you're a, if you're a fairly junior rank within the group as well, right? So. You know, one of the things I've always found is that in the off season, it's just as important in the off season to motivate your men as it is 
in the peak seasons as well, because generally, you know, all a lot of the hard work is done in the off season. It's that whole thing about you know bikini bodies, beach bodies are made in the winter, all that sort of shit. You know, it's a similar sort of thing with reenacting. Yeah. Like your improvements are made in the winter, and life is what you make it, and so is the off season, right? And you can spend the off season. Uh, complaining there's no events, being bored, not doing anything, getting out of a routine, and then getting around to March, April again, and being moody and mardy because you've lost all your routine, your motivation, you're questioning why you do it, which is a la what you just mentioned, mm-hmm. how you've probably been feeling and how a lot of us hmm. have felt over the past. Now, if you want to switch that on the other side of the foot, other side of the foot, but whatever, you know what I mean, switch that the way around. If you want to put yourself in, and a, a unique commander's mind or somebody who is who can foresee this right so i i always see it and every year i'm like no it's gonna happen yeah. all the guys are gonna disappear off into the holes and then come back around to march and it's well why haven't we done this one why haven't we done that one? And, and i know and i know and other people know why people haven't done things it's because nobody's bothered nobody's pulled the finger out why yeah. aren't the kids why aren't the tents repaired why haven't we done this why haven't we done that because nobody's done it you know, that's it. Nobody's bothered to do it. So I always sort of see this and you'll see, I'm always generally trying to create some sort of spark activity feeling, you know, let's get some discussions going. Let's get on zoom calls. That's why we started the podcast in the off season, you know, um, keep the guys motivated, talk about kit, show kit, show yeah. some kit standards. Um, and it's tough, you know, because sometimes you'll do this, this little and often thing every week, post something in a Facebook group, which might be, you know, I've just polished my boots. He's a neat way to polish them. He's a new bit of kit for this impression. Um, does anybody fancy this event in the future? Does anyone fancy this overseas trip? You know, um, and, and, and sometimes this mental fatigue comes in for those people, you know, um, in that you might be doing everything you can, but in terms of trying to infuse and inspire the rest of your group, it can be mentally draining hugely when you put all of your time into it. And sometimes, mm you know, not even getting a response or, or anything. And it's understandable because like we said, everyone just disappears in the off season. But yeah. for, you know, I w- I'd say to a lot of people just, you know, if, if you see something that a unit commander's posted in like some sort of forum or group email, where it might be, just reply, have a decency just to sort of let them know that you're still there. Um, just chip, chip back in, you know, because mm. I think for a lot of unit commanders and more senior figures, it's, it's mentally draining, putting all the effort in and getting nothing back in return, you know, and I think it's, I think that's something to be aware of because that can affect you mentally, you know, and then people get crabby. I get crabby in the off season. I'm like, why is no one responding? You know, why does nobody want to do this? Why does nobody want to do that? And, you know, and you get yourself wound up about things yeah. that don't matter and you end up falling out with members of the group. And that's why a lot of these fallouts happen in the post season because you generally get lots of people doing this effort and lots of people doing nothing and you get this weird, you know, physical conflict sort of thing. Yeah, well, you know, when you put posts up or one of the other guys about... Oh, should we do this event or that event? And uh, we're organising this, including the Petwood. And our Philip, I'll tell her, I'll, I'll name him. Ah, Philip. He said, uh, I said, Philip, are you going to this thing? He went, no. I said, why haven't you responded? He went, I'm not going. I'm like, no, haven't you <laughs> responded? <Yeah. laughs> Just go with it. Two little yeah. letters. Yeah. No, <laughs> no, Yeah, I'm not going. He went, okay, I suppose so, yeah. I said, no, no, not suppose so. People are making effort here yeah. to do things. You've got to yeah. tell them. yeah. Otherwise, people will answer, ask the question about three weeks' time. Oh, is Phil going? Or is Andy going? Or whoever. Mm. You know, it does it in honors of respect. But my question to you is um, you've, I'm not going to say you've got lots of time because you've got no time, but you seem to find time. Mm-hmm. So, okay, 
how can I put this without being shitty? No, no, no. I think I think you can. I guess you know what he says. I've got a lot less uh, actual commitments. You know, okay. You, go you've on. got a family. You're getting you, there. You've got a you're family. All this sort of stuff. <laughs> I, I, I can say it quite freely, right? Go I, on. I've got a, a fairly independent lifestyle where I can pretty much sort of do what I want when I want, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. You know, you've yeah, it's different. I don't. I have to get myself ready in the morning, not the kids. You know, that's the sort. I got to walk the dog. That's about it. Um, what what jacket are you so, going to wear? How small? Well, you yeah, exactly, look? exactly. Yeah, which, <laughs> which car to go in? So, <laughs> so I totally get yeah. So I totally no, I totally totally get it. And I think that's I, personally, I I do I find it difficult to to sometimes put myself in that person's shoes and go. You know, but I think where where it does is sort of like you mentioned there. It can go on for days, and people think, oh, I won't bother replying because. Yeah. I'm not going like you said, but it's it's that I think my mindset is very much what it's the atmosphere that goes on. Mm-hmm. If someone says oh, I can't go, lads, because I've got something on, but you know, I hope you all have a great time. You know, it, it's keeping it positive, it's keeping it moving, yeah. and I think when there's nothing in tumbleweed, that's where that lack of inspiration comes from. You know, and it's fatigue. You know, and it's fatigue for the organisers. It's fatigue for for the people that you know can't be bothered to go. Mm-hmm. You know, so no, it it, it is, and you know, for many years. Um, I used to turn up events and uh, things had happened and I'd wonder who done this? Is it the reenacting fairy? The normally <laughs> the fairy who seems to do this invisibly because behind closed doors, there was a board and there was a bit of a team and I was never really privy to it. Not that I, I could have not been, I just didn't inquire because it just wasn't the thing I did. Um, selfishly. So I'll, I'll say selfishly, you know, I was doing stuff at work, like many of our reenactor friends, and I just wanted to come away, you know, and not be the officer, so to speak, and enjoy be in charge yeah, and just enjoy, enjoy it. it. And for many years, years, and it was years, I was turning up and things were there. They were just there. It was like magic. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you were going to a foreground and the foreground was there. Wow. You know, and um, I get it, you know, and I, I always mucked in. I always did muck in. Don't think I'm a lazy bastard, but the the point is, um, things don't just happen. And some of our members who were doing that thing are a retired, semi retired, want to retire. So it's the next generation, and that fatigue can't happen if that gen- next generation need to be pushed and helped along their journey. So mm-hmm. to be fair, Richie, in all fairness, you are a bit of a driving force, pain in the ass at times, but you are mm-hmm. very much Massive driving pain force. In the ass. You're very much like a very young uh, Dale, to a mm-hmm. certain extent, um, in good in good ways, because yeah. you are but, literally you but, are a driver. But also you know, bad. But you you are a driver, right? Okay, you drive things and you can do. It's the way you are. Your personality. It's not you're trying to do something just to piss people off. It's actually your personality. It, it that's that's the matter of fact. It is. I'm dead laid back and not a lazy bastard, but I'm just laid back and old. <laughs> I'm, I've, it's funny because in my profession, I actually am a leader. I am the, you know, I'm the driving force behind certain things, massive things to be fair. Um, but when I want to do things in my own personal time, I just don't want to be doing that. It's funny. And yeah. I just want to sit back yeah. and just and go. That's, and, that's it, everyone's, and, and everyone's got their own sort of personalities, I think. And that's, yeah, I that's sort of absolutely fine. But no, I think it's, it's that culture that I think I'm referring to. Just the fatigue can happen when mm. you know the standards drop ever so slightly and i'm oh, talking man. about that mental that mental fatigue that positivity the yeah. enthusiasm for what you're doing you know as soon as one person who is the pain in the ass you know it's mm-hmm. like if 
Because put it this way, if, if like some of the key contributors don't contribute for, you know, yeah. if they just drop their game by 20% for, yeah. for six months, everything goes to shit. You know, and I think that Can shows do. the pressure sometimes on on certain individuals. And I'm not just saying it to blow smoke up anyone's ass, but it, it's sort of, you know, those those people. So just help those people out mm. a little bit in your units. You know, if you've got those people that are always bringing kit, they're always cooking, they're always cleaning, they're always organizing things, just help them out a bit, you know, where you can. Something that might yeah. seem fairly insignificant, like, you know, responding early, um, replying to somebody, bringing something that, you know, mm. getting your own thing so you don't need to borrow something else from someone, you know, um, that can really help with their fatigue, but also your own, you know, I think it can get you enthused and mm. start to just sort of have less of those, those peaks and troughs as well. It is. I think what would be a good thing for us in the future, um, next couple of weeks is maybe if we get a couple more guests on mm. to actually follow on from this, because like you say, the season didn't happen last year, for the respects of, we're now moving into a season where people and things are events, you know, we're all gathering together, small momentum, and starting to do more events. And it'd be quite interesting to get some of the, um, our yes, um, yeah, reenactor yeah. friends, you know, some mm-hmm. of the British side, because I know we've done a lot of the American stuff. Um, and, you know, that's our background anyway, but I'd like to learn a lot more about the British aspect. And, you know, we can certainly do that. I've got my, my first Green Howard's event on UK soil. I next weekend, so that'd be good. That'd be good. Sounds really good. I've Who only done Green with? Howards. Uh, well, there's a couple of lads in the group going, but we've just got a few mixed impressions, so we're each going to wear a different impression and just put on a little nice. a little display. It's not so much a unit, you know, but we've got our mm-hmm. banners that we'll have on display and whatnot. But, oh, yeah. but back to back to fatigue. So yeah. we've talked about the the mental fatigue a little bit that comes with the off-season, and, and I guess um, both sides of that, both the leadership side of it and I guess both the uh, the junior ranks side of it as well but mm. you've also got that physical fatigue as well which comes from we've talked about little and often again which else what else can we do to sort of aid the physical fatigue side of things especially for those of us that are starting to get a little bit older Andy vitamin D <laughs> I uh you know what it, I think lead by example um I know in the past you know when we've been putting up the canvas and bringing down the canvas and a lot of guys you know it it's the end of the day and on a Sunday and you are knackered. Uh, the, I think the youth coming through the, the, the ranks, the young junior ranks, um, watching the old guys, <laughs> the old reenactors, the guys who've been doing it for a while. I still, I still think there's a lot of um, point that we need to be pushing and shoving forward with all this, but it's, I don't know. It's, uh, do you think? Do you think age you and like stamina? You're getting, you sound like you're getting that teamwork a little bit there as well. That you know, everyone chipping in. It is, is, is really important. I do feel myself, you know, in my age. You know, I remember someone in the group mentioning only a few years back. Oh, I've had enough of the battle and run around and camping and all the rest of it. I just want to have a, an easy life and just come away with my mates. And and you know what? I was like, oh, I love, I love all the roughing it and all the rest of it. And it's only a few years back, but actually I've come to a point where I do enjoy that. But to an extent, I just want to, I don't know. I, I think my outlook, outlook on life, uh, on the actual hobby itself, has maybe changed, you know, in, mm-hmm. in, in, even yeah. in just two years, 
you know, you know what? that's that's really important to note for fatigue to to avoid your own fatigue. And, and, and we're talking about what can people do to avoid fatigue, to avoid that tiredness, to avoid thinking I can't be asked to go to an event next weekend because I've I've had my fill, I'm done. You know, yeah. what can people do? I think Respect. that's a great example there. Straight away, Andy is just you know understand your own limitations and preferences about what your body needs mm. and what you need to be happy up here, but also in here. You know, yeah. Um, so if that if that means that you need a slightly more comfort, you know, comfort and angle to to your events and and whatnot, then you know, fine. So put on more events like the Petwood Hotel that we're going to, where it's more of a hotel stay, and it's not the tents and it's not the camping. You don't need to do as much physical activity Social. or preparation. You know, so, so it's also about that. You, you've got to understand what what do you want. This is a hobby, so in order for you to not become fatigued. You've got to understand. Well, what do I want to do? Pick and choose your battles. Yeah. You know, make it make it easier on yourself. That's absolutely fine to do. You don't. You know, we don't always have to. It doesn't always have to be a trench scenario. You don't always have to put on a battle display. You don't have to. You have to bring your vehicles. You don't have to dig trenches. You don't have to put on huge displays. You can put something small on and just enjoy the company and enjoy wearing the kit. Yeah. You know, so I think mixing and matching your events and picking and choosing your battles at times is is a good way of doing that as well. I think when I look, reflect on our time, our friends, our peers, who I've been in the hobby with for all these years, we've all grown up together and we've all at a certain age now. And and that's the funny thing, you know, I've got, you are at a certain age and you've, you've had that fun, you've had that running around. It comes to a point where even some of my friends within the hobby, they're actually a lot older than I. And some of them are now relaxing away from the hobby. There's mm-hmm. one or two that I've not seen for many years who still call themselves maybe members of our group. And it's a real shame that I'll maybe never ever see these guys again mm-hmm. yeah, because yeah. of that fatigue. You know, yeah. they don't yeah. look like a combat soldier. You know, we can't do a ranger's look when you're in your 50s, so to speak, and you're still only a corporal or whatever it is. Mm. You know, Teabag, for instance, you know, what a great character. His age, it doesn't suit the impression. He's going to have to change mm. and evolve into something different. You know, just like the regular army, you know, you can't mm. uh, progress through those ranks if that rank doesn't exist for you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, your time's up. Yeah. Do you think um, time away from the hobby can help with, mm. with sort of burnout and fatigue at all? No, I think it doesn't aid it. I think it actually um, aids the uh, the digress. You digress from it because of it. You know, I think, like so I've been away from it, like we all have for a year, and I'm finding not hard because I've got you guys. But you are, the, no, you can. I think, I think you can admit it. I think you, you are finding it very hard. I think that's fair to say. I think, the, I mean, the podcast has helped regular WhatsApp that we do have a bit of a laugh banter, <laughs> which I've already explained I don't get sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's one of them things. And I think um, for me, yeah, being away from it has been quite difficult. Uh, trying to get back into it is going to be not a tough ride but just it's just trying to find that motivation uh, but yeah i think was it was it you know heart makes the was it absence, absence makes, makes the heart, heart grow, grow fonder, fonder. Uh, and does it maybe it does maybe it does depends on who you are doesn't it? i think in your, your circumstances at the time i know i had a, a break for a few years whilst i got did. settled in london uh for a few years and you know, it took, it took a few years and after a while, uh, you know, it, it sort of came back probably three times as, as strong as my love for the hobby. Um, mm. But it's it's strange. I mean, I, I, I think I would be the same. I think if I left the hobby for a year now, 
I would probably just look at all the stuff I had in boxes and just think, why have I got so much money tied up, you know, yeah. in things? We mentioned earlier about buying new things all the time. And, you know, I often see it as moving moving things into a physical savings account as mm. opposed to a, you know, a digital savings account that we all have these days. But, I, yeah, I think if I was to take a year or two off, I think I would just think, what's the point, you know? Um, I think it's one of the things that you've got to be involved with. And I think that's why a lot of people have struggled, as you mentioned, throughout the lockdown, just in that when you can't enjoy that physically out there with your friends in the field, it almost becomes a bit like, well, you know, because of that living history, that's what we call living history. It's like, mm. if you can't live it, then it's almost like, well, you know, and for someone like yourself, who's maybe not an avid reader and avid researcher and enjoys more the physical recreational aspect of yeah. it. It's, it's difficult to, to put those two things together. And, you know, I'm somewhere in the middle, so I can just about enjoy, enjoy the two. Uh, but I think if I was any more on the recreational sort of the hobbyist side of things, yeah, I think I think I'd really struggle to come back. I think if most of us who are in this hobby, because anyone who is a, a reenactor will realise it does take a massive uh, amount of your life, you know, to do some, this as a hobby. And I haven't got any other hobbies as such. You know, I do a lot of walking, recreational, etc., camping with friends. But in terms of something external away from my home life. I actually don't have that many things that, that I do, you know. And I think if I actually eradicated reenacting from me and who I am, and that would include friends, WhatsApp groups, <laughs> Instagram, and, um, um, you know, erase my life from it, you'd be, okay, he's a lecturer, he, he does art, <laughs> you know, he's an illustrator. And oh wow, and lots of other little things. But my whole world was will look very different. Mm-hmm. And I, I do think to myself, I actually reckon seventy five percent of my life is gathered around World War Two, mm-hmm. which is which is so easy. That's I think that's why it's so easy to forget that you know fatigue will happen. It will happen at some point. You will experience weeks and months where you you just you tell your your closest friends and people in your group to fuck off. Yeah. You know, we do that regularly. We fall out because it's constant. It's always there, you know. And with some other friends, like I don't know about you, but for, I have friends that aren't in the reenacting circle. I speak to them a hell of a lot less, but see them a hell of a lot more, you know. And there's yeah. this weird thing where you, you just you battle about kit, you battle about other things, and because you're not with each other, it, and that's part of it. It's part of that fatigue that goes into it. So I'm still I'm still a big advocate of the the, the little and often. You know, see each other in social engagements where there isn't as much pressure to put on. So, so we we put on this event right at the end of the year, mm. and one of the reasons I put it on was was because of this very conversation. Was that you know people don't see each other enough, and when they do, it, it's it's putting on displays, and there's always a, a bit of a cock measuring contest as to who's putting the most work. Or you know, he's just turned, as you mentioned, he's just turned up and done nothing, enjoyed himself, and fucked off, and you know he's done that, and and I've done all this, no one appreciates it, and you know what I mean, and stuff like that, and it's like let's just enjoy the hobby for what it is. So let's do an event where everyone's equal, right? Yeah. So we're going to the home of the 617 squadron and we've got the squadron bar booked for the evening uh, for normally 44 and friends. And we're going to have a meal and drinks where 617 squadron used to frequent and, and have a good drink. And it's like, that's the kind of event where we turn up on the Friday, you're in a hotel for two nights. You're not going anywhere. You're just traveling on the local areas, having a drink, seeing museums. It's like what we do in Normandy and Arnhem but we're yeah. doing it in Lincolnshire instead. 
And I think those events are really important to let off some steam, to enjoy mm. ourselves without the pressure of putting on a display for the public, without the pressure of putting tents up, without the pressure of, you know, polish, bringing weapons and vehicles. It's just a case of polishing some buttons for your RAF uniform and have a pint. Amazing. Can't wait for that. It's, um, wow. <laughs> it's like the yeah. way you put it there. Ooh, sold it. Can I, buy, can I get a room, please? <laughs> Tickets are £100 each if anybody wants to attend. Uh, and that's not yeah. including hotel fees. And you can money, have a picture money. with me and Andy for an extra 10 quid. Yeah. <laughs> Money's to us. Gotta pay for the podcast somehow. Swiss bank accounts. <laughs> Absolutely. Do you know, another one, another one as well for me. Just mentioned cool. about that. Um, to help with fatigue delegation is really really important right mm. so I, I do too much all the time and you know it's it's hard to delegate when people don't say well i can help with that you know mm. so i think there's two things i think delegation is great for help with some of those people that take on too much we should learn to delegate a little bit more but i also think on the same hand people yeah i mean you should seek support but i think everybody should be a bit more forthcoming with offering support many hands make light work but i also think that a lot of um group commanders as such and more senior figures also need to just semi-frequently give your members a kick up the arse you know because if they're not volunteering and whatnot and it's all on you then you need to make that apparent you need to make that very apparent and say hang on guys i can't do this all on my own i need your help otherwise nothing's going to happen and sometimes i think to sort of counteract that fatigue you need to give people a reality check to just say hang on a second everything you know and love is not going to come back unless you put some effort in, you know? And I think sometimes that sort of um, nasty to be nice sort of approach is needed sometimes as well. I think there's a lot of uh, commanders out there who've invested a, a lot of their life, time and effort relationships into this <sighs> family relationships, money, jobs. People don't, really, people don't really, do you think there's any, I mean, that's actually a question. Are there any other hobbies out there that take it out of you so much? I, I, I'm sure there is. Yeah, it's a good question. But well, my I think God. That's, that, that's where that respect level needs to come from for me, for the people that are the drivers. And I know it's, a, it's an independent decision, but, you know, and I think I, I always find it hard to relate for those reasons. I know I haven't got the commitments in my life just yet, hmm. but I also know that when I do have those commitments in my life, I'll still probably, I'll still hopefully sort of find a way and I think just like we mentioned earlier that little five minute conversation with somebody each day that little and often thing I think yeah. is just is a is a key winner well I'm a spurred ahead I do need to get my kit ready and start badging up and doing a lot more research and you know what I'm looking forward to meeting Gary and uh, Zig, uh, Ziggy Zippy Ziggy, uh, Ziggy Stardust Andy <laughs> uh, over at um, Duxford and the rest of the guys and like myself and many others, I like to learn on the ground. Okay, I like to list, listen and talk and ask the questions and get that answer back um, about whatever I need to know. And you know what? I can't wait to start putting this kit on and be there because I've never been to Duxford. Sorry, embarrassing, but there you go. That's great. I can't wait. You'll have a, it'll be great. It'll be great. And uh, so, we, yeah, we've, we've got to going to start planning our next round of guests as you mentioned so anybody out there who's mm. who's fancying themselves as a little bit of a, a reenactors ramble uh, special guest then please do, do you, reach out do you fancy anyone to be on the uh, panel do i fancy anybody not fancy in that way i fancy you, know, you. oh i know that uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. i haven't got breath on tonight oh no yeah <laughs> <laughs> i love my breath on <laughs> 
Look, um, is there, I mean, I don't know. I'm, there's a few guests that I'd like to have on. Um, is there? Hmm, I won't say publicly. There's a few interesting characters out there that have um, okay. we've caught my let's eye. Have a, let's have a chat off air about those. That'd be good. And um, yeah, and if anybody is interested, please please do give us a message. Let us know. Um, obviously, we can't have everybody on straight away, so we do sometimes get quite a lot of messages. So um, give us a little audition. Give us give us you know give us three reasons why our audience would love you because we'd love to speak. We we love to speak to all of you, but let us, us know why the audience yeah. would love to hear from you. The other thing is, don't be requesting when you haven't got a setup, okay? A decent mic, headset, okay? Because the feedback can be terrible. We've got a guy in Canada now. He's one on my list, okay? He is a regular on our Zoom. And he's I thought an you weren't going to name people. I'm not, but he's an interesting character, right? <laughs> and his setup works. It does work. And he knows that he can talk the talk as well. And there's things about what he does in the hobby that I'd be interested in listening to. And I think he's he can talk it anyway. That's one God, character. That's Have you got one? God. Can you counter this one? I mean, the one the first person we need on, which we've been talking about for some weeks, and he's probably listening Go on. right now, is uh, is Mr. Austin Wheeler. We need to get him on yeah. because this collection is just insane. <sighs> so... Well, maybe next week. Maybe next week we can do that, mm. um, and we can we can view Austin's collection yeah. and show us his uh, top ten or twenty items, which we've talked about. But no, I just you know I like to hear from all sorts of people. I've been speaking to some people who do finish reenacting, um, who do all sorts of Knowledge. different things, and I'm just really excited to hear more about things that we don't know about uh, yeah. exotic things, things in different places, different the female role, the female reenactor. Hmm. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's so much so much we could we could learn about but i think yeah anyone that's that's really interesting coming on please uh don't be offended if, if we don't pick you on this first round but we just really want to get lots of different opinions yeah, and ideas yeah. and thoughts um you know challenges as well i wouldn't mind people telling us you know i don't know just if they if they've disagreed with us on an episode you know apart from remembrance if it's a remembrance episode then we'll fight you a good thing would be to get a, a previous guest on as a, a comeback simply because of their interaction, what's changed, how their opinions have changed, maybe the whole lockdown. Indeed. indeed because we've yeah. been a year on now, you know. Nearly. We have. But nearly a year. Wow. We'll have to have a party. Maybe, should we have a, a first birthday party, Andy? That'll be uh, amazing Zoom. That's maybe. A Zoom. That's a Zoom I'm going to put it out there right now. Who is interested in a reenactors ramble, <laughs> first birthday party, Actual party somewhere, a reenactor's party. Maybe we'll organise a dance. <clears throat> Look at me. Look at me. <laughs> I'm done. All proceeds will go straight to my and Andy's bank accounts because this costs us money. <laughs> and we're in we're in negative uh, we're in negative profit at the moment. We're making yeah. a loss on this podcast. And so my uh, my and that's wine. Not including the it's not including the beers or Andy's wine uh, subscription subscription that he's got, <laughs> or his only fan subscription for that matter as well. Don't tell him about that. It includes lots of uniforms. Eek. Eek. Oh my god. Stop vintage it. pinups, lots of ladies on Jeeps. He pays $13.99 a month. <laughs> it's me on the Jeep. Anyway, Reenacker's Ramble, first birthday party <laughs> dance. How about it? I want to put that out there right now. If you're interested, message yeah. if we get if we get more than 20 people, I'm organizing it. Then we'll have a first will. birthday party. You will do it. I will. Know. I will. Oh. I don't do things by halves, you know. Who's excited for the dance? That yeah. cue, laughter, and applause from everybody out there. <laughs> Yes, I'm interested. Everyone right now is getting buzzing and they're getting their phones out ready to tell oh, us. Oh, yeah. Tell us that oh, they I'm excited want. now. See how excited I get. I'll just, you know what? Think about it, right? With my with my good looks, right? My good fatigue. <laughs> how much wine have you had tonight? 
funny had one gas right and with your jeep see that's why we've invested we've got an only right, fans so, page so you've got your good looks and i've got a jeep that's yeah it. it's an only fans page two two good so looking what, lads you, you <gasps> in a jeep seriously that's a, it's a title two good looking lads and the jeep it's a it's a real it's a right well i think you've stop, had too much stop. to drink so um <laughs> No, sorry, Andy. He's going to message me in the morning and say, "Please, please take that last edit that, edit seven that, edit minutes that. out of the episode because I started to uh, feel people a like this." Because well, anyway, now. I've got. I've also got a. Um, yeah, go on. Go, I, I haven't got the book here, but another another little. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, congrats on James Holland on another superb book. Um, I'm about mm. halfway through uh, Sicily, uh, his new Sicily book, which is great so far. It features oh. the six battalion Green Howards, which I have an impression for. Fab. Really good read. I'm, I'm still really enjoying the the podcast uh, that we have ways as well. So big um, big up to to the We Have Ways podcast and uh, and James Holland for producing yet another excellent book. If you don't yeah, have yeah. it, I would thoroughly recommend uh, thoroughly, thoroughly recommend getting that as well. Fantastic. I've got um, here's one up there that I'm halfway through. So, yeah, <laughs> I am actually going through different books. I'm pinning pages and I'm trying to get through that. So, yeah, no. How does Good he man. find time to do this? <laughs> well, you know what? This is, this is one of my. Um, wow. And this, this book's done it again. I say it to myself every mm. single year my bucket list thing in life is to write a World War II book. And I've said it on a couple of live. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that Ramble. Uh, calls that we've had on instagram mm-hmm. and it's it's something that i'm edging closer towards and i'm willing to sort of spend you know a good 20 hours a week sort of towards this and i'm, mm-hmm. and I'm just getting to the point now i'm thinking what what could i write it on whether it's a particular squadron whether it's an event whether it's uh an individual but it, it, it's getting to the point in my life where i think i really can make this happen is, so it factual, you know, is it factual I, or is it fiction? No, no, it would be it would be factual. Yeah, it would be a World War Two book, and it's always you know. I, I mean, you see on my bookshelf, that's only one. I've got a load over here mm, as well. Yeah, um, it's always been a you know a, a unique sort of goal. So I'm um, you know maybe maybe the listeners and yourself could could help think of what that might be. You know what what would you want to what do you want to hear? I'm not sure whether it would be an event or an individual soldier. You know, not sure, but it's uh, I think it it's. I mean, it's not a million miles off sort of having that commitment level, I don't think, to do it. So I would like to do it the next year or two. Sweet. I've um I've written a screenplay. Oh. Is um, it online? No, it's um it's it's rather private to be fair. Um it's based oh, on that a diary kind of that was given to me. So but yeah. It was uh, based uh, on someone's maybe account. there'll be a film about it someday. You never know. Um Bath or Bath or wherever part of the country. It's based around Bath. that area. World I War Two, USGI. Anyway, there we have it. Very, very interesting. Anyway, key takeaways from this episode. Mm-hmm. Little and often, mm-hmm. help out your unit commanders. Mm-hmm. Don't have time away. Uh, come to the Reenactors Ramble first birthday party and don't be a dick if you're an event organiser. Make sure your patches are sewn on correctly. There we go. The six lessons that we've learned from the Reenactors Ramble episode 46. Yeah, there you go. There we are. Well, on that absolute bombshell, I'm going to go and get myself another wonderful Innocent Gun beer. Uh, and I'm going to start doing some little and often kit work to get my kit ready for this Saturday and attending Spring World 1940s weekend. I will join you on that one. So it's good night for me. We'll meet again. Don't know when. Don't know when. But I know we'll meet again some sunny day. 
keep shining through just like you always do. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Good night. <laughs>